today's story is Amanda Hall. And uh, Mandy has um, just a great, great testimony. We have been praying for her, and you'll hear her story. But I asked her, hey, if you were walking up to the batter's box and uh, you were next uh, to hit, what would your walk-up music be? And this is what Amanda Feels like I'm looking for a reason Michael W. Smith, Place in This World, um, circa 1980, 1990-ish, 1990-ish maybe, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, late 80s, early 90s, yes. something like that. Anybody Michael W. Smith uh, fans? Yes, out there. Um, so why the song? Well, growing up, my mom didn't want me to listen to secular music, Okay. and I wanted to listen to ACDC and Metallica and Green Day. <laughs> And that was all Satan music to my mother. Okay. And so Michael W. Smith was a compromise. Okay. It was an artist I liked. Well, Place in This World, if I remember right, was the first like, oh, it's a Christian, but it's on the radio, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah. so it was, it was fair game. Yes. It was legal. Yes. Okay. All right. Very good. So uh, you grew up in the church, grew up here in Fort Scott. Um, tell us a little bit about... Uh, well, we're talking music, right? So, what, what was your what was your high school jam besides mm. place in this world? That I would say for high school, um, I like boy bands. <laughs> I do. Okay. Backstreet Boys. Backstreet Boys. Yeah. New Kids on the Block. Backstreet. Back. Okay. Right. Yeah, uh-huh. that one. There, there you go. All right. Very good. Yes. Um, and since you, you kind of grew up not only in Fort Scott, but in Community Christian Church. Yes. So this has kind of been your family for a long, long time. Yes. Um, I don't know about, I know about my own life, okay? Growing up in the church, there's a certain turning point where you realize, oh, wait a minute, this faith thing has to be mine, right? Yeah. And did you have that experience what, what surrounded that? What was the turning point for you? I would say two points. I would say in my teenage years, it would be this church camps, Sayokomo, okay. CIY. That was the most spiritual as a teen that you can get to know that it's real. Right. Um, as an adult, um, it's having children, knowing uh, what's important and what you decide is important in your life could be important to their life. That, so having kids. That changes the game, yes. doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, you are, when, when I have heard the name Amanda Hall, uh, and, and some of this has to do with the company that I keep here, mm-hmm. in, because we have people who work here that have worked with you in mm-hmm. the past, right? And the, no, the number one word that I hear when I hear the name Amanda is Henri. Yes. Is that true? Just maybe. Maybe. Smudge. <laughs> So give, give us the best example of Amanda at her best honoriness. Mm. So probably as a child, I'm pretty sure one of my siblings and I might have told my brother he was adopted. <laughs> He's not. He's not. But we might have told him that. Did he buy that? I don't think so. But maybe for like five seconds. <laughs> but after that, it was, it was okay. And is this like... Uh, 
coming out honesty time. Does every, everybody know that you did that? I don't know. Oh, you don't know? I don't okay. even know my so parents know. So, mom, you know, dad? Yeah. Blake might have some uh, counseling. Yeah, and I think as an adult, being ornery um, at work, if an adult would leave their cell phone in a bathroom and it gets turned into the office, which that's where I work, I'll figure it out who is it is, and then I will text their husband on their phone. <laughs> and and yeah. what kind of things will we text the husband? Can we say? Awesome romantic <laughs> text to their husbands. Um, yeah. Got to stir the pot. Yes. Okay. It, it made their day great, I'm sure. Um, yeah. I, I can imagine. Yeah. Okay. So you mentioned school. You uh, work a, in a school office. Yes. And so you see a lot, a lot. Yes. And what's, what's the best? Well, give me a, a great story from... Well, a story, being in the office that I am, it's all little bitty kids. Yeah. K through... Second. Second grade. Mm-hmm. Yes. So okay. little kids. And you do little kids stuff all the time, headlights, pee pants, to parenting, everything. So we had a little boy who decided that... Um, well, he peed his pants in class, Okay. got sent up to the office, <laughs> the nurse changed his clothes, he went back to class. The next day, he peed his pants, came back up to class. Two days in C- a row. Came back to the nurse, two days in a row. Okay. Peed his pants, came back, got him new clothes, next day. Okay. His friend in his class, and he peed his, their pa- they both peed their pants within five minutes. Okay. So I told him, come to find out, they liked the superhero underwear that the nurse had. They didn't like their, you know, whitey tidies. They wanted the superhero underwear that the nurse had. So, Superman is always better. Yeah. yeah. So I told him, if this ever happens again, they're getting the princess underwear. Oh. So they're wearing pink and purple and lace. And How it many... never happened again. Congratulate. That's a yeah. total mom move. Like, that's brilliant, right? Um, one more question here. Uh, in the last two or three years, what have you learned about God's church? I would say for me, it is staying involved in God's church. Mm. Staying involved. Um, the Being able to stay involved, um, you reap the benefits of everything that comes with it. Between the faith, community, um, people serving me during hard times. Um, me knowing someone else's hard times yeah. to help them as well, yeah. uh, the benefits. Yeah. We talk a lot about uh, we don't have just a few ministers here at Community Christian Church. We have hundreds of ministers, yeah. and that's exactly what you're talking about, people who can group up together, and maybe you have similar life interests or similar you know, hobbies, or you know, maybe it's just a group of people that want to study the Bible get together, but they know each other well enough that they can turn to each other and say, yeah. what do you need? How can I help you? Yeah. And that's what you've learned yeah. uh, is so valuable. Yeah, um, it is. In the last few recent days, yeah. So Amanda's uh, story is going to pick up here in a second. Uh, we're going to have some fun uh, before you do. Okay, so the game is called Think Fast, okay? And I'm going to give you okay. those. Okay, don't, don't look at your card. And the game is called Think Fast. So I'm going to start, and then you can read questions to me, but... Uh, I'll start reading questions to you, and uh, what you have to do is just say the first word that comes to your brain. Okay. Okay? That so could, we could the, be in trouble. The, there will be five questions, this kind of rapid fire, okay. and you just say whatever. Oh, good. Think fast. Okay. Okay, here we go. Which rabbit is the best? Brown. How big is the big man? 
Oh, seven foot tall. <laughs> How do you win? Uh, cheating. Cheating. <laughs> <laughs> Name the best place. Bed. My bed. I, I agree. What are the names of the two firemen? Uh, Clint and Dave. Okay, very good. All right, <laughs> I'm thinking fast now. You ready? Yep. Okay. Who drank all the coffee? Mary. Where did the money go? Uh, out of the bank. How loud is too loud? 95 decibels. All right. What would you have been... What would have been a better name for the Beatles? Uh, sponges. <laughs> what is a jazz boy? French horn. Awesome. <laughs> think fast. There you go. Okay, here we go. What can I buy for a dollar? Mm, a blow pop. Where, can the ch- where are the children hiding? In the basement. In the basement. <laughs> what are sports? Fun. How heavy is a duck? I don't have a clue. They have feathers. They don't weigh very much. And tell me a secret. Um, no. (laughs) (laughs) All right, one more. Here we go. When was the war of 1812? Uh, 1812. Who started the fire? Frank. Chicken or the egg? The egg. What's up with Gary? Gary is uh, just a basket case. How fast are trains? 100 miles an hour fast? Good job. I, that, that's it. That's okay. it. We have, we have one more. So this time we're going to go opposite. I'll read a question, you answer. You read okay. a question, I answer. Here okay. we go. Why is the sun so hot? It's red. How many people are in Canada? Uh, Ten. Oh, me. What? What? <laughs> What are the birds made out of? Feathers. What are you? What are you? Bread? Mm. How old is Chris Tomlin? Mm. 33. What's a cool greeting? Sup. <laughs> That's hang loose, but with sup, I don't know. Okay. Your turn. Uh, who stole the eggs? Oh, Amber. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you so great? Uh, green? Okay. Which sandwich is the best sandwich? Turkey. Turkey. There you go. Well done. Sing me a song. I know a song that everybody No, what's the um I, I don't know that I don't, song. Yeah. I don't want I don't want to get it stuck <laughs> in people's heads. Okay. Well done. Uh give Amber a hand. <laughs> I'm sorry, Amanda. That's you right. said Amber, so it was oh, on my brain. That's okay. um, let me pray for you, okay. and then we will uh, sing a song and we'll hear a story, okay? okay? Father, I thank you for Amanda. I thank you so much for the love and the peace that you have given her and her family. Her story is hard, but you are the God of life, and you are the God in which we hope. And as she shares, would you give her words? And... Uh, Would you help us to listen? And in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, amen. This morning I'll be reading from the book of Lamentations, chapter 3, verses 21 through 24. Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. 
They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for him. These are the words of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. I'm going to give you a little back history. A little over two years ago, Danny took the EMS manager position at Mercy Hospital. This was the first time in our entire marriage that he didn't work either a 24, a 48, or a 72-hour shift. This was a blessing to our family to have my husband home every night. God gave Danny this job for a reason. In the spring-summer of 2017, I began a friendship with Amy Fisher and began to go on walks with her. Next thing we knew, we had incorporated Andrea Stiles and then Jennifer Cox on our walks. Our kids got along great, and our friendships went from just getting to know each other to being each other's lifelines in a very short period of time. I went years with only having my mom and my siblings to lean on, and to this day, they will forever be my number one supporters. God knew what he was doing when he put these ladies into my life. God gave me friends when he did for a reason. I have decided not to share my story that started when I was in my youth or even my teen years. My story begins in March of this year. In March, my husband Danny got very sick with uh, lower back pain, extreme abdominal pain. After days of having to watch him in extreme pain and miss work, which was not normal, I called and made him a doctor's appointment. Like most men, he didn't want to go to the doctor, but he conceded to my wishes and he went. At first, they thought he had pancreatitis, but after more tests were done, they found out that Danny had over 20 lesions on his liver. We knew then it was not good, and cancer is what it was suggested to be. Danny was hospitalized for multiple tests to be ran and for pain control meds. The doctor ordered a colonoscopy, but when we met with Dr. Hall, the surgeon, he also suggested a scope. I waited in the hospital room for Danny to be brought back from having his test run. Dr. Hall, but to us, that's Ralph, met me in the room and told me that the primary source of the cancer was found in a mass in his esophagus and is also in the lymph nodes around the mass. A biopsy was taken by Ralph. As Ralph was telling me this information, Danny was being brought back in from recovery. Danny said to Ralph, so what did you see? Ralph explained that he had found a mass, and it was cancer. Ralph explained the process of what all he did, and then he and the nurse left the room. I went and sat on Danny's hospital bed and started to hug him. Danny looked at me and said, so what did Ralph find? I explained to Danny once again and said where the primary source of cancer was in his esophagus. And then I hugged him again and put my hands on his cheeks to kiss him. Danny asked me again, so what did Ralph find? Ralph had told me that Danny may ask a lot of questions due to the anesthesia, but I was not prepared to have to tell my husband of almost 16 years in five days um, that he's got cancer in his esophagus, lymph nodes, and around the mass, and the source was what has spread it to the liver three times. The process of being able to have to tell family and friends was something no one should ever have to go through. The amount of tests that were done in a very extreme period of time was a God thing. Normally, it would have taken much longer 
Did I mention that Ralph and his staff came in on a Saturday morning to do these scopes? Having scopes done on a Saturday is not the norm. God gave us Ralph for a reason. The very next week, the results came back, and we met with an oncologist from Wichita at the Cancer Center in Fort Scott. Stage four, esophageal cancer, with a life expectancy of one to two years at best. That is if we choose treatment. Danny's cancer markers were higher than anyone this oncologist had ever seen in a person of his age. At the time, Danny was 44. Danny turned 45 in April. I once again had to start making the phone calls to family and friends about the timeline that we were given. Have I mentioned that I met my mother-in-law for the first time while she was on hospice care due to cancer that had consumed her body? Have I also mentioned that my father-in-law died three years ago from a massive heart attack? Danny's family has been surrounded by loss so much over the years. To make these phone calls were filled with extreme sadness. Danny made the decision to start chemo. I agreed with him, but told him if he ever wanted to stop the treatment, I would be okay with whenever he was done. And I truly meant it. For the next few months, Danny had chemo for eight hours straight on a Monday, and then he was hooked up to a pump that gave him constant chemo for four more days straight. So he literally had treatment for five straight days a week, and then would have two days, two weeks off. Danny made it through seven rounds of this treatment, and I was able to go to every treatment. During the treatment, Danny continued to lose an extreme amount of weight, no longer able to work, Cancer ended up surrounding his pericardial sac, um, so cancer had spread to around his heart. This ended in Danny having a surgery in Joplin. Started not to be able to eat food due to the cancer affecting his stomach. We even tried a feeding tube. The first night we tried the feeding tube, Danny ended up very sick and extreme pain with a feeling that he was going to explode due to the amount of pain and pressure in his stomach and abdominal area. After hours of watching him in pain and me begging him to take him to the emergency room and maybe a few texts to Ralph's wife, Beth, and Christy Keating, Danny's boss, I finally was able to get Danny to go to the ER. Ralph was kind enough to meet us at the ER to assess Danny. The shorter version of this visit is that they had to hook up Danny's feeding tube to a pump that suctioned out all the contents of his stomach. Danny's stomach started to shut down. Ralph said to not continue with the feedings for 24 hours. We were sent home with a large syringe in case we ever needed to suction it out again. And this was not like a little syringe that you use for your kids. This was a syringe that was this big and that thick. We were able to go back home after we were suctioned out. Danny was convinced that he could try the two feedings again. I hesitated, and I asked him if he was sure. He was determined to try everything that was offered to us. My husband was not a quitter, nor was he going to let his kids or me see that he was quitting. Danny was the type of person, if he couldn't, he wouldn't even try it if he couldn't master it. So we started the feeding tubes again. Once again, he started to bloat and have extreme pain. We then decided that he needed to be suctioned out again. The only thing I had was a syringe. 
So it took me 16 full syringes before he was able to get relief. The smell of the fluid that I was having to dump into the sink was almost too much for me to handle. So after the first round of 16 syringes, I prayed to God to take the smell away from me so I was, I was able to continue to handle the task that was put before me. To this day, my sense of bad smell is almost non-existent. So from here on out, I had to section out Danny's stomach every three to four hours like clockwork. Danny's stomach had completely shut down. I knew that I had to have a conversation with him about stopping the feedings and ending the treatment. Without him being able to get nutrition, the treatment would be impossible. One Sunday afternoon, as Danny was sitting in the recliner, uh, which he had pretty much been bound to for two weeks, because laying down was no longer an option, because the masses inside of him could not handle the pressure of a bed. So I knelt down on the floor in front of him and said, Babe, you have done everything that was offered to you in the way of treatment, and you have given it your all. But I think your body has taken all that it can. You are our hero, and nothing can take that away. You should have showed us that you are a fighter and not a quitter. Within hours of this conversation, hospice care was initiated. Family, friends, co-workers, and even former co-workers came on and off over the next week. All were taking their turns, having their time with Danny. The pain levels continued to increase to a point that there was never enough medication that I could give to Danny to get him any relief. Danny was no longer himself. I was by myself at the time, trying to manage it all, when I got a text from Dave Bruner saying that he may stop by later uh, to drop off something. I just ended up calling Dave and said, uh, when do you think you're going to be coming? And he said, do you need me right now? I said, yes, I do. I forgot to mention that within this same week, Danny would ask for Dave on and off how Dave was doing, if Dave was coming. So Dave was already on Danny's heart for some reason. Dave talked to Danny. He talked to me, and he said, it's time for you not to have to do this alone. You need help. Dave made all the arrangements and the phone calls, needed to have Danny transported by ambulance, which was Danny's co-workers. God gave us Dave for a reason. Once at the hospital, Danny was able to get IV meds that he needed, but these type of meds also made him sleep. So our moments were shortened. Within the next 24 hours, we saw friends and family come and go. A group of Cole's friends stay the night in one of the waiting rooms, along with many family members, and Mercy was so gracious to us. We were surrounded by family and friends that night. My brother even made it in from L.A. to be with us on a last-minute flight. Danny was admitted on Friday evening, September 7th. On the afternoon of on the 8th, a doctor came in to see us and said it could be days and told me to prepare for it to be days. In my heart, I knew it was going to be that night. I prayed with all my heart that he would not have to be in this state any longer. Cole and I were by his bed as he took his last breath. Danny went to be the Lord 
and both of his parents that same evening. God gave me friends in my life when I needed the most. God gave Danny a job and mercy and wonderful co-workers when we needed it the most. To this day, some of the co-workers still stay in touch with me. God gave me a Christian family that on my worst days, God gave me when I needed it the most. God will give you what you need when you need it the most. There is a reason for everything that happens in your life, good and bad. Years ago, I had a conversation with a group of Christians and the discussion of getting upset and mad with God when bad things happen was brought up. I mentioned that a lot of bad things have happened to me with my health, but I never got mad at God or blamed him for my circumstances. The comment was made back to me. Well, then you have not had anything bad enough happen to you yet to make you feel that way. Oh, you'll get there. I feel like this is one of the worst things can happen to a wife and a mother. For some reason, I don't feel like that I ever blamed God or was mad at him. I do know that I did a lot of begging and pleading to God to take away Danny's pain. Having to watch the pain is um, the worst part. There is a reason for this to happen to me and my boys. I just don't know the reason yet. This could take a lifetime for me to figure out the reason for our pain. So if there's anyone sitting here today wanting to know the reason for your pain, you're not the only one waiting. But while I am waiting, I have decided to make the most of my Christian faith. I've started my own Bible study, or I like to call it life group, This group of people are helping me slowly heal, and I'm seeing God work in their lives as well. I would like to encourage you to find someone to do life with. A small group, a life group. This life is too short for anyone to do it alone. My story is not over, and I have no idea what God has in store for me. I am a work in progress. My family of three It's a work in progress. I just recently read a line from a book, Jesus Calling. It read, Time is a trainer, training you to wait upon me, to trust me in the dark. Keep your eyes and mind wide open to all that I'm doing in your life. So my suggestion is, please seek God out first, even in the dark. thank Amanda for uh, sharing and her story kind of brings to the surface this main stumbling block that people have for believing in God and following Jesus and believing in Christianity and it is that if there is a God out there why would he allow X to happen in my life and like Amanda said we, we struggle for answers to that question but here's the deal hope that we have is that we had a Savior who came from heaven to live the life that we live. And He won us a way to have life 
and the way he won it was through suffering. The way he won it was through pain and heartache and trial. And what God was able to do with that suffering and that heartache and trial was to bring ultimate victory out of it. And so here's the hope that we hang on as Christians. We hang on to this, that if God can do that with his son's suffering, then he can do something beautiful with my suffering as well. And it may not be until heaven that I figure out the reasons, but I know that God is working. I know that he's weaving something together that I can't even imagine because he did it with his son. And that's why we have life. And that's why we have hope. Father, we thank you for the victory that you've won for us in your son, Jesus. Father, we pray that we can build our life on this hope that we have. That Jesus is the way to have a right relationship with you. Help us to make the cross the center of everything we do. And Jesus, the Lord of our life. And even in the suffering, there will be great blessing and great joy. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.